the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along on this wet, funky Tuesday afternoon. The good news is, uh, well... At least we're not sitting in traffic, but you might be. Listen, getting here, John. How was it? Was dicey today. Really? Yeah, and I take the same route every day, so I feel like I'm sorry. I, I have a little cold going little on here. Frog going on in my throat. Um, I can easily judge the amount of time it's going to take me to get to work because it's the exact same route every day, and yep. I do not deviate. <laughs> yeah. Today, I don't know what it was. You know, just something you think, what, what's happened to everybody? Or what, is there an accident? Or there's con- right. I'm sure there's an accident. I'm sure there's construction. And then you get there and then there's nothing. Nothing was there. And you can't figure out what the heck happened. Is that, was that today? That was today. Anyway, which made me think of this article. That Pittsburgh, our first city. Yes. Has made the top 10 worst U.S. cities for traffic. I find that surprising. I thought it was a little much, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I'm reading here from KDKA. So I feel like, you know. A reputable source. I feel like I should believe what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. But it is KDKA. Uh, The study that they're talking about says that Pittsburgh drivers, on average, lost 127 hours due to traffic congestion. This is an INRIX study. Okay. And then they put a a dollar figure to it. $1,776 per year, each of us. What is that? The money spent I mean, on what gas, has to, what wear has and to be care, all of us put together. Anyway, time. I, it says the study says Pittsburgh drivers lost up to one thousand seven hundred seventy-six dollars per year due to congestion. What money are we losing? I don't know. Maybe due to congestion, we're idling. Okay. Um, now that now we're eleventh on that survey. No, right. no, I'm sorry. We were eleventh last year. This year we are seven. Oh, right. We're seven. That's a five percent increase. Would you like to know the other cities so that you know how, how to think of us? Yeah. So start. So we're starting at number ten. Well, sadly, I don't have that. All I have are the top ones, okay. like one, two, three, four, and five. Okay. Are you ready? Please. Number five, Los Angeles. Makes perfect sense. I mean, you, have it, you been to Los Angeles? Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? That is a horror. The, it has to be. It just stretches for as far as the eye can see. It it's made six sick. lanes across. I saw it from the water. I was sick. You've never sat in it? Uh-uh. Oh. Never. It's, it's the worst. It's, it's, it's what you would imagine only worse. Number four, New York City. Oh, really? Do you know anything about the traffic in New York City? I do, yes. I know that it's horrific as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, coming in and out of the city, for people to do that, that's like someone's full-time job. I mean, you have to really just be getting invested. In and out. Yeah, I can't imagine living, you know, in the suburbs of New York City and thinking this is a good thing to do. And I'm going to do this on a daily basis, every day mm-hmm. for years. People do that. If you're going to live in the city, better to take the subway, right, or the bus. People do that all the time. They take the bus to the subway, and that sort of that's depressing to me to right. have to take a transportation item to get to another transportation item is just depressing. It's it's the way of life in New York City. I, it I, really is. Number 
Chicago. Yeah. Again, like New York City, same thing. I went to Chicago two summers ago, three summers ago, and we were supposed to have a an appointment. Uh, it was actually a concert that the, that this choir was doing, um, and we were supposed to report for a sound check, and we were two hours late. <laughs> Whose fault was that? It was not. It was traffic. Yeah. It but was someone, traffic. someone who was with you should have said, hey, you guys, you're, you're going to run into bad traffic. It, but we didn't know that. Number oh, two. Yeah. Number two, John, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Anywhere near Forget that beltway? It. Forget it. That beltway oh, is a nightmare. Number is. one worst traffic in the nation, Boston. Oh, yeah. Well, even with the big dig. Remember the big dig? I remember the big dig. They made this gigantic tunnel under the city of Boston, which you know crushed it for for a decade as well. I, I've only driven around Boston a single time. It was no, it was not a big deal. Yeah. But so, what do you think that we are number seven? I, Those are the five. I don't know what number six is, but then we're number seven. I find it hard to believe. Okay. Um, Boston, D.C., uh, Seattle. Okay, Seattle's not in this list. Yep. Um, what else? Kansas City. I can't imagine. I, look, I think, okay, you and I, we, we commute both ways, right? Um, you come from the east, I come from the north. Right. My The good thing about us is that we do not have to come in to work during, during rush, rush hour. hour. Right, that's the beautiful thing, oh, right? Or otherwise, we would probably say that we should be ranked higher on this list. Right. Okay, let me tell you one bit of road they're talking about in particular. Yeah. It's the um, it's the um, part, if you can imagine, 79 south, mm-hmm. where it, you can get off at 376. Sure. From that point where you're taking the parkway east and you're going like through Carnegie, through uh-huh. Green Tree, from that point... All the way through the Fort Pitt tunnels, across the bridge, out the parkway, through the Squirrel Hill tunnels, out 376 to the Turnpike. They That's said right. that is one of the worst uh-huh. roads in the nation. Right. Okay, so when I leave and I head out to, towards Monroeville, I'll generally hit traffic at the jail and then right. crawl forward. Now that's, you know, 6.30. So the bulk of the rush hour is over, but even still. What I like now is that PennDOT has uh, installed those new billboards. Do you have those on? What, so you can say it'll be this many minutes? Right. Which more often than How not- How does that help? It's not. It, it's more often than not, it's wrong, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Who's ever, whatever the computer's tracking that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always kind of going, uh, I bet you that's wrong. And then I look ahead to see the red lights. And of course, like any true commuter, I've got backup plans. If it looks bad here, I'm going to do this. Listen, how many times have you gotten yourself into a terrible mess trying to think that you knew a better way to get to a place? No, no. I, oh, come on. I think I do better. No, I, I, I really I, I've, what, talk, I've talked to your family. No, <laughs> I think I'm – oh, that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, general directions. I'm not uh, talking about the daily no, commute. No, no, no. They feel like that you always think you know a better way to get a place. Well, I, I believe that I do. See, that's I, what I'm saying. I do, and I, I'm able to save time. Anyway, I, I think it's a misnomer. Anyone from L.A., Chicago, New York, Boston, if they saw Pittsburgh traffic, they would giggle. I think so. At, right. at the At the small amount of traffic we generally have here. All right. We're number seven, but right. Pittsburgh has, sadly, made the top ten worst U.S. cities Woo-hoo. for traffic. Okay, we're number seven. Hey, we got a, a jam-packed show for you. During the five o'clock hour, uh, our longtime friend... Pastor Chris Marshall's with us. Ask the pastor segment. Right. We've done this for many, many years. So if you've got questions about your faith, your family, the Bible, you name it. Maybe there's something that happened in your church that you can't get your head around. Maybe you've never been in a church and you're trying to figure out whether you should go. Maybe you're trying to 
figure out why the Bible's so long or why it's so old or why it's not in chronological order. Right. All those things. All those, any of those things. It's a way to talk to a pastor anonymously. So if you've ever been embarrassed, I should know that, but I don't. And I'm afraid to talk to my pastor about it because I don't want to look like a fool. This is a good way to do it. I mean, that's just, you know, one perspective or whatever. So during the five o'clock hour, the phone lines will be open at 800-320-8255. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Yeah. The Houston Chronicle just this weekend published the first in a three-part series on sex abuse in Southern Baptist churches in the U.S. We've got to talk about it. It's coming up next. WORD. This week on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg wraps up our study in Philippians called Take Dead Aim. Then on Friday, we'll hear a special sermon about relationships in honor of Valentine's Day. Be sure to listen all this week to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is Kathy Emmons. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1490. Deadline is March 31st. Call 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Buying locally made products is a simple act that can have a tremendous impact on a local economy. Since our company was founded nearly 30 years ago, the Original Mattress Factory has offered quality mattresses that are hand-built in our own factories and sold directly to you. Plus, we're not just locally made. We are also locally owned by our employees who live, work, and play in the same communities as you. So stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the difference local makes for yourself. Right here in Pittsburgh. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Hey guys, Ted from Russell Stover again. Look, I thought we talked about this already. Valentine's Day is getting close, really close, and you still haven't done anything about it. It's time to put down the dumbbells or the tongs or the video game controller and pick up the Russell Stover heart-shaped box full of chocolates. Valentine's Day is this Thursday, so there is still time, but not much. Please, don't forget. Go! Go now! Russell Stover. Make happy. August 15th of last year, 2018 was the release of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Catholic Church Sex Abuse Report. And, of course, uh, it rocked us like it rocked most of the state. 
especially people of faith and especially faithful Catholics, where you had to go through, Kath and I read the entire report, you waded through this report and saw in minute detail the preying upon of children by Catholic priests. And the covering up of bad behavior over and over and over again. It was absolutely, it is ongoing, absolutely (laughs) horrific. Now, at the time, there were siren calls to say, just you wait. Others will soon follow. And others had already, I mean, there were ones before that. There was the Sovereign Grace Church. But not at that scope. And then in the... um, in the northeastern part of the United States. And then right after that, it was Willow Creek. Or maybe Willow Creek was right before that. I don't remember. They're all running together, they Willow sure Creek are. and Chicago. And now we have a latest. Right. On Sunday, the Houston Chronicle published the first in a three-part series on sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist churches in the United States. It is essentially the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal redux. It is horrific in its detail, but as people of faith, it's important, I think, that we follow along with this because you think about yourself as a child in the church or your own children or grandchildren or children that you love. Here to talk to us about the the release from the Houston Chronicle is professor and chair from the Department of History at Baylor University, Barry Hankins. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today. Yes, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Barry, we're happy you're here. Um, As John said, when the PA grand jury report came out, because it was our neighborhood, because this is our city um, and the place where we've grown up, it was... Punch in the gut. It was. I mean, Barry, I'll never forget the day that Mike and John and I watched um, our attorney general come in in detail um, the report that he was bringing forward at that time. Um, you being a Baylor, um, how do you feel? Are, are you feeling in a similar way? I, I think so in a, in a general way. It's a little different uh, uh, in terms of just institutional affiliation, but uh, different types of Baptists, different institutions. Baylor is not connected in any way to the Southern Baptist Convention. That said, Baylor comes out of the same... Uh, Southern Baptist history long term uh, as as other uh, Baptist institutions in the South and there there is this uh, this sense I mean you know we're at a point now where um, this isn't this this almost doesn't surprise and that may be the saddest thing yeah. about it um, so. Yes and no, in answer to your question, yeah. It's a day of reckoning in some way, right, for a lot of people, something that's been brewing for a long time, that under the darkness there's been this dirty secret, certainly whisperings and lawsuits uh, here to there. But, Barry, for our audience who doesn't know the scope of what's happened, could you could you sort of set the stage for us about how many children, how many pastors, all those things? Well, I I just know this from the same uh, in the same way that you do from reading the Houston Chronicle uh, article that came out, um, and my guess is that this there if if people continue to investigate these things, it's going to be the same sort of phenomenon as we've seen over the last decade or two in the Catholic Church, in that more and more of this will come out because right now. The Houston Chronicle report identified, you know, what is it, 700 right. cases. Uh, in this, the Southern Baptist Convention, 
you know, has a reportedly 16 million members. Uh, so the and we can talk about the structure of the Southern Baptist Convention too. That make, makes it quite different and a different sort of challenge in trying to get at remedying this. But I suspect I would look at this report and say this is indicative of the fact that these sorts of things know no denominational boundaries. And as we're seeing in the wider secular culture, they know no institutional boundaries, whether it's universities, Hollywood, government, uh, whatever it is. So I, I don't think this is the end of it. I think it's a signal that uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has uh, has a, a very serious issue, and it needs to find a way of addressing this going forward. One of the criticisms of the Catholic Church, Barry, is that it's so monolithic that um, it's too slow to respond. That's one of the charges that was leveled against the Church. That because there's a you know a singular head of the church, that anything that happens just has to go through so many levels of bureaucracy that it cannot be effectively dealt with. Now, unfortunately, the Southern Baptist Convention, a completely different governmental setup. I mean, no hierarchical structure, um, all the control at the, at the congregational level. So can you talk about the differences and how how sex abuse has sadly been thriving in both cases? Yes, and it, it, it's, a, it's a great point you bring up because the Southern Baptist Convention is almost the polar opposite of the Roman Catholic Church. And so one of the things that um, the Houston Chronicle article laid out is how Southern Baptist leaders of you know at the denominational level say because of our congregational autonomy because all we don't have any control over congregations and that's true so they've said whether well, it's really over the years they've been saying uh, there isn't much that we can do I think now this this report shows that there has to be some things that are done whatever the challenges may be about doing them that said uh, there's also another aspect of this that since Baptist churches are governed at the congregational level, this report should start a, a conversation and signal to all congregations that the day when you could just sort of, you know, move on down the road and sweep this under the rug, to be faithful Christians in a congregation is going to mean stepping up, doing some things within, uh, you know, at the congregational level. And that's going to take a lot of education, and that education can come from the top. There's no control at the top of the congregations, but there is a tremendous opportunity for those at the top to say to congregations and provide congregations with resources and models and procedures for how to do this and emphasize over and over again that congregations have to step up and deal with this in a very serious way. Right. And I think, if anything, if you want to point to something positive about the Catholic Church debacle, to their credit, things have been put in place. Uh, whether it was before the report became public, knowing that this was uh, going to be just a, a, a massive uh, a stain on the church, and, and hopefully the Southern Baptists will also follow along. I mean, to leave no child unattended, to make sure that there are particulars in place. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, anytime, whether it's a secular or a, a people of faith, there are ways to protect children from predators. Right. And the the one mechanism that almost the only mechanism that the Southern Baptist Convention has over congregations 
is to refuse to seat their messengers when, or their delegates. They're called messengers in Southern Baptist context. Refuse to seat their delegates delegates uh, uh, for churches that are out of line. And this is usually usually used for churches that uh, say ordain women or ordain um, uh, gay people for deacons' positions or something. Uh, it, it it certainly should be the case that a congregation that fails to deal adequately with uh, sexual abuse in the church should should be dealt with in a similar fashion. But beyond that, there's going to have to be a lot of education and a lot of uh, emphasis put on this for congregations to step up. Barry Hankins is with us from Baylor University. We're talking about the release on Sunday of a report by the Houston Chronicle that profiles uh, deep sexual abuse within the Southern Baptist Convention. So, uh, Bear, one of the things that um, here locally that the Catholic Church was criticized for was when the report was released, instead of the church coming out and being empathetic and compassionate, the feeling was generally that they, uh, those in charge, the bishops and uh, people higher up, tended again to speak in lawyerese, which did not help, you know, the the healing even take a tiny step forward. Can you talk about Southern Baptist Convention leaders and, and their response to the report? Well, um, it's just been a few days, and I can't speak to since the report came out. Uh, the report itself showed that over the years, uh, going back to sort of the baseline year that they used of 2008 and went back, 2000, uh, went back 10 years and went forward 10 years, so they chronicled how um, some leaders did exactly what you just outlined. They, they spoke as if this was an issue that couldn't be dealt with and, and because of the congregational autonomy and these sorts of things. I think, I think now uh, I'm, I, I suspect you're going to see a, a change in the attitude, and you're going to see it taken with more seriousness. I know specific leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention that have already, even before the report, have begun to speak out. I'm thinking of Al Mohler at Southern Seminary, Russell Moore at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Uh, those are two who are have already begun to take this very seriously. I, th- I think and I would hope uh, that you would see a, a growing number of leaders who will uh, stop the sort of this is really difficult there isn't much we can do about it language and start with this is a serious problem and we are going to address Mm -hmm. it and we're going to find ways to address it and i would say that one of the difficulties or one of the challenges let's say that southern baptist leaders are going to have is is that there are not women in positions of pastoral authority or theological authority so they're going to have to find a way to bring women into the into the conversation because those voices have to be heard since in the vast majority of these cases we are talking about sexual abuse of women and girls um, and so that's going to be a that's going to be a dicey situation because of the theological position that Southern Baptists have about women in authority in churches and women teaching theology in seminary so they're gonna have to find a way around that in my view hmm. Barry what about the church's perspective on Civil authority. Um, I know one of the one of the key problems in the sovereign grace scandal, which was what four, five, six years ago, was that the leaders of that church, and that's a reformed congregation, but the leaders of that church were absolutely adamant that church matters needed to be decided in a church, and that they're just involving the civil authorities was just you know staining the cross. Um, now, perhaps, hopefully, I would hope after all of these instances we've seen, we can recognize that the church has done a horrible 
atrocious job of handling these things, and we need to involve civil authority. What will the Southern Baptists say? Well, I think you'll you'll have mixed voices, but I think they're, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of guessing here. I'm a historian. I'm better at talking about what's happened than what I think is going to happen in the in the future. But I, I, I don't think you'll see widespread resistance to uh, uh to the idea that that matters that violate the law should be turned over to the authorities. I mean, I understand the the theological position that some groups have. Uh, Of course, there's great diversity uh, uh, within sort of an evangelical range. There's great diversity amongst Southern Baptists as to what they believe about this specific thing or that specific thing. But I don't think there's any great resistance within recent Baptist history to saying a sexual predator should be turned over to the authorities. Um, I just think that there has to be more of that, and there has to be, it has to be done. I mean, there is this tendency from time to time to say, let's try and keep things quiet. That's got to go. And anytime it's a matter of a violation of law, um, then it has to be turned over to the authorities. I don't expect to see any widespread resistance to that. Yeah. Barry, let's go back and talk about the male-female issue and the gender specificity um, as far as roles go with which the Southern Baptist Church approaches things. Um, Beth Moore is a well-known Bible teacher who's come out of the Southern Baptist tradition. And, you know, she made huge waves back in the spring, maybe it was early summer, when she came out and said, look, now she's been open for years about the fact that she herself was a victim of sexual abuse, but she came out and said, look, this has been my experience with men who are also Bible teachers and men who I've looked at as role models for me and men that I've learned from. Um, and her story just set off a whole new wave of conversation about how men and women deal with each other, but in the larger church, but I'm wondering how it's been handled specifically inside the Southern Baptist Convention. I think it's, uh, I don't know specifically, uh, it, like you say, it has set off a conversation. I don't think it's going to bring about a reevaluation of the complementarian position in marriage, and I don't think it's going to bring about a reevaluation of uh, the um, Southern Baptist Convention. That, actually, it's in the Southern Baptist Confession of Faith that only men can be uh, uh, in pastoral authority, I, I do not think you're going to see a reevaluation of that. That's why I think that they're going to have to weigh, find a way to include women's yeah. voices in this without without changing their theology. I don't think that's going to happen. Right, and that that's what was so challenging about the uh, about the essay that she penned was that she was not actually challenging the theological position on women as teachers or women in authority. What she was saying is that men in that church, and not just in that church, but in, I would say, evangelicalism in general, had taken their position as teaching authority and made it into authority over all of life in every sector. And that's what she was objecting to. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that that can be uh, a point uh, that can be clarified and it can be emphasized uh, going going forward, and that would be a way of dealing with it within the sort of theological context that is already in place and that I don't think is, I don't think is going to change. Yes. Well, Professor Hankins, we, uh, we thank you so much for being with us and a very uh, contentious, complex issue for bringing some clarity to this. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. It's good to be here. My pleasure. Dr. Barry Hankins, professor and chair, Department of History at Baylor University. He is a wide-ranging author. Among his works are Baptist in America, a history co-written with Thomas Kidd. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Stick around. We've got a great show lined up for you. Be back in just a few minutes. Nothing changes the appearance of a house like a new front entry door. Energy swings Steve Rennekamp on the best way to raise your curb appeal. What our consultants have the ability to do is actually take a picture of your house and superimpose new entry doors on that. So they can change the color, they can change the style, they can change the glass options. They can do a lot with their computer simulation program so you can actually see how that door is going to look in your house. If you're picking an entry door at a big box store, you don't really know what's going to look like on your house till you get there. With the way we do it, you can actually see that door on your house and make any changes you want to before you decide to buy. Wintertime's a good time to do this because you beat the price increases that are coming next year. The other nice thing is with all of our doors, we supply a free ring doorbell. Right now, take an extra $250 off any new entry door over and above any current offers, plus a free ring doorbell with your purchase for word listeners only. Learn more at EnergySwingWindows.com. Are you a business owner who needs working capital to help grow and support your business? Do you know where the the money is going to come from? Have you been turned down from a local bank? If you need working capital and need it now, call Capitus. We provide up to $1 million in alternative financing to retailers, restaurants, hotels, and hundreds of different types of businesses. Unlike getting financing through a bank, our unique financing services are very flexible with repayment plans customized to meet your needs. Our underwriting is extremely fast, allowing approval in as little as one day. It's totally Totally stress-free. If you've been in business for at least a year, have an annual revenue of 150000 or more with a minimum credit score of 550 pick up the phone and call now for a free no-obligation consultation to see what you qualify for. Dial 800-950-2799. 800-950-2799. That's 800-950-2799. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to Winter Grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 and sponsor a child right now. Flood watch continues until 1 a.m. We'll see more rain tonight that will end as a little snow. Watch for icy spots as we drop to 26 tonight. Little or no snow accumulation. Mustery and colder tomorrow with clouds and a few flurries. The high will be near 30. Bounty low 26 tomorrow night. It'll turn noticeably milder Thursday. Clouds breaking for partial sun. Mine will be 47. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Streit on 101.5 Word FM. 
Of course, a lot of conversation about social media in today's America. And we've been, I don't know, evaluating social media, hopefully each of us has, in relation to what it does to our attention span or how it makes us in some ways more isolated or um, keeps us from focusing on people who are actually in the room that matter. Well, a new study today has kind of taken it in a different direction. This study finds that social media addiction actually makes it harder for people to make and keep friends in real life. I have no doubt about that, especially if you're a kid, don't you think? I mean, you know, at our age, we we remember the 12 years ago before there was the smartphone. But I think for a lot of kids who are middle school or high school, college kids, whatever, uh, that phone is the be-all and end-all of everything. And so looking someone in the eye or sitting down and have a conversation, that's a skill set that's not being used. A survey of 3,000 British adults commissioned by the French alcoholic beverage company Pernod found that 6 in 10 respondents meet up with friends less frequently, with 55% agreeing social media has made relationships with friends more superficial. Yeah. That's, that's really break, sad. Isn't it? Not surprisingly, the average person has drifted apart from seven friends. That's the median number they found. Placing the blame squarely on seeing one another in person less than they used to. Wow. You know, there was a, a thing on uh, helicopter parenting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's gotten helicopter parenting has gotten a bad rap, right? Because you're on top of your kid all the time. When it comes into something like this, I could see how helicopter parenting would be a positive thing. Because you would say, no phone, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not going to be using the phone, you know, you have limited time on that phone, instead you're going to go out and do this, or you're going to make this connection, you're going to, I'm going to push my kid out into the world, right. not part of this internal world, which we're all living in. Right. Well, respondents say that beyond social media, also working long hours, being a parent, and living farther away from their friends all contribute to a fading friendship. Fading friendships. I see you a lot, John. Mike, <laughs> I see you a lot. No, we're good. No, we're good. We good, Mike? I'll message you on Facebook yeah, if thanks. we're all good right. or not. That's the sorry thing. We're all in the same room together and you're all on your phones. I mean, nothing's being said, but we're connected. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We have been bombarded by the secular culture about ideas in marriage that is totally foreign to the Word of God. And therefore, when we come and hear the Word of God spoken and presented to us as the blueprint, the design of God for a marriage, we bristle. It really is a miracle of God that we're not in more mess than we are in. Join Dr. Michael Youssef this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. This is the entertainment answer. Why does actress Rosa Salazar feel her character Alita is a great role model for young girls? She's definitely a character young girls can look up to, but she's also a character everyone can look up to. Alita is a very dynamic girl, and I think it gives girls permission to go, oh, I can be soft and I can be fearless. I can be curious, but I can also learn. Alita Battle Angel rated PG-13 in theaters February 14th. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Hey guys, Ted from Russell Stover again. Look, I thought we talked about this already. Valentine's Day is getting close, really close, and you still haven't done anything about it. It's time to put down the dumbbells or the tongs or the video game controller and pick up the Russell Stover heart-shaped box full of chocolates. Valentine's Day is this Thursday, so there is still time, but not much. Please, don't forget. Go! Go now! Russell Stover. Make happy. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. How many times in your life have you read about someone and they're no longer on this earth? And you think, boy, I wish I would have known that person. I mean, that's, she sounds fabulous. He sounds like this incredible. Well, such is the topic of our, of our next guest in studio with us right now. Deborah Cornfield is with us. She's got a brand new workout called Karis, All I See is Grace, which essentially is the story of her daughter, Karis Cornfield. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, the story is so amazing, and Karis led such an incredibly faithful, deep life in Christ. Um, I, I will do it a disservice by me trying to wade through it. I just sort of need you to tell our audience about Karis. Can you go back and tell us about you first and you and your husband and your young family and when Karis first came into this world? Because you've been a missionary, but you've also lived in Pittsburgh for many years as well. Sure. Well, it's a great treat to be on the show, John. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, Karis is our second child. She was born in a perfect home delivery. We thought everything was great. And then she started throwing up. At what age? At two days. Wow. She, she never passed meconium, which is the first stool after a baby's born. And the first guess was that she had a bowel obstruction, but there was no evidence of that. 
that showed up on x-rays. And to make a long story short, at about six weeks, the doctors told us that biopsies showed she had only about 20% of the normal number of nerves in her entire intestinal tract. And the nerves she had were abnormal. So bottom line, her intestines would never function. So they, at that point, they recommended we disconnect her from all, everything that was keeping her alive and let her die. That was a pretty tough thing for a young couple to hear. <laughs> we were already pretty attached to this little girl. Sure. Uh, and so we asked our church to come down and pray for her and pray for us to know whether we should agree to this. The doctors were very persuasive in saying that pretty soon her the TPN, which is um, nutrition into the veins, a brand new technology at that time, would burn out her liver and then her brain and her heart, and pretty soon she would be just a vegetable. I see. And we would have spent thousands and thousands of dollars keeping her alive just to become a vegetable. So the medical community was saying it would no be No hope. End. This is it. Zero hope. Zero but chance. There was an event live. happened that you went out with your husband for a date night, and you had a response that was quite to the contrary of that the diagnosis. That very night, after we talked with the doctors, my husband took me to a concert trying to help distract me, and all I could do was sit there and cry. I just couldn't focus on the music at all. So at, at intermission, we gave up and went to a park, and in that park, I heard God speak to me in what seemed to me an audible voice. It's the only time that's happened to me in my life. But it was so vivid that I actually sat up from the ground where I was lying in the grass weeping to look around and see who was talking to me. Hmm. And God said to me that I needed to make a decision about whether I would trust him. That was, that was a, hard, a hard ask at that point. But what else did you have? What else did I have? Either I could walk away from him and have Karis die anyway and be alone, or I could take the leap of faith and, and trust him. So I just said to God, this is going to be really hard on your help. And that was became a theme for my life through all of the years with Karis. Lord, this is too hard for me. I need your help. So I'll and he you. was faithful. So when you faithful. went back, Deborah, and you told the doctors, we're not going to do this, how well, was that the received? Thing, first, we can't skip the next night, Saturday night. Um, the, our church came down to the hospital and prayed for Karis, and that night her intestines started functioning. The, th the very thing that the doctors said was absolutely impossible. So there's a miracle. There was a miracle. And we thought she had been completely healed because her intestine functioned normally for the next six months. Everybody called her the miracle baby. The doctors had no explanations. Our doctor was a total non-believer, and so he said there had to be a medical explanation. He just didn't know what it was. But then on New Year's Eve, when Karis was seven months old, um, her intestine completely shut down again. So you're back to square one. We're back to square one, very puzzled, very confused. We had people tell us that it was because we didn't have enough faith. That was a little hard to know what to do with yeah. <laughs> because we had absolutely believed she was completely healed. Yes. And then all of a sudden, 
it completely stops. And that became kind of the story of her life from then on. The stop and start. The stop and start. No explanation. And throughout all those years, now I should say that Karis passed away at the age of 30. Yes. And that's a long life, considering that she maybe was going to have days. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this whole story is one miracle after another. When she was 11, she had a major surgery and at that time, they repeated the biopsies of her intestinal tract that had been done when she was an infant. And they found that her intestinal nerves looked exactly the same as they had when she was a baby. And I heard the doctor say again, it is impossible for this intestine to function. It's not possible. So every day that it does function is a miracle. When she was 21 and had her first intestinal transplant, they repeated the biopsies. And I heard the pathologist say to me, it is not possible that this intestine ever functioned. But it did. But it did. It kept her going for, I mean, off and on. She was on TPN. That's the, um, that's the nutrition directly into your bloodstream. Um, she had that off and on all her life, but she had periods where she ate and functioned just completely normally. So 30 years she lived. It wasn't yes. an easy life for Karis. It wasn't easy, but it was great life she lived. She was feisty. She was curious. She was very bright. She had all kinds of adventures. She went she, to Notre Dame. She went to Notre Dame. Now, yes. the thing that really strikes me about Karis, all I see is grace, is that you described this early on, that after Karis passed away, you went through this period where you know you were surrounded by all sorts of medical paraphernalia. Of course, someone like Karis with, with a chronic illness, she relied upon machinery and beds and medication mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But in, in one felt swoop of energy after Karis passed away, you essentially cleaned house. And mm-hmm. as you cleaned house, you discovered this incredible gift that Karis left behind, which were decades decades of her journals that she started at the age of nine. Yeah. I have a complete record of her journals from age nine until the week before her last coma. And these journals are the reason that I wrote the book, because eventually I found comments from her saying, okay, reader, when you write my story... Be sure to include what happened today because I want the whole world to know how amazing God is and how he cared for me in this circumstance. Wow. So she knew that sooner or later, most likely you or someone would uncover her writings. She wanted them to be found. I I really didn't understand that for a long time. After she died, I was too afraid to read her journals because I didn't want to invade her privacy. You felt like you were eavesdropping. I did. Like, I would never have done that when she was alive, right. so why would I do it afterwards? But um, eventually, my husband persuaded me to either, um, I don't know, wrap, put the box in the attic or read them. And so hesitantly, I started reading them, and when I started finally um, running across these phrases, I said, oh, okay, it's <laughs> she wanted us to read these. She wanted us to know her side of what she experienced through all of these years in her relationship with God. And it was an incredible 
experience to read those stories. Now, you're right, because there you were, mother and daughter, and Karis with this chronic illness, you were in many ways much closer than a normal mother-daughter relationship, for better or worse, I would imagine. Right, for both better and worse. Yes. It wasn't easy for either of us. So then, as Karis passes away, you discover a whole other daughter in many ways. Yes, a daughter I hadn't known. I discovered, for one thing, that when she was 16, she received a word through prayer from the Lord that she believed was directly from God and that affected the way she looked at the rest of her life. That her friends prayed over her. A and that defined her. And a prophecy. She had never told us about that. She'd never told her dad and I about that. And yet, once I understood that, so many of her choices and attitudes fell into place that I just hadn't understood. I see. She believed that certain things were going to happen in her life and that she would not die until those things occurred. And therefore, she was fearless. She was crazy. She made us crazy, <laughs> taking all kinds of risks, doing crazy things because she, she was, was free. She was free. She Until those things happened, she didn't believe God would take her home. So just a lot of things that choices she made. Uh, suddenly made sense to me. Fabulous. Yeah. Deborah Cornfield's with his Karis, All I See is Grace is her work. Selections of journal and poetry by her daughter Karis as well. It's just a, an amazing piece of work. So for people who are suffering through, I'm sure you have to be a beacon of light for people who have children or family members in similar situations. We look at people with chronic illness and if you don't walk that path, you think, oh, there but for the grace of God go I, or mm. how painful or how sad that must be. Mm. As difficult as a journey, of course, as it was for you and your family, your children, your husband, there's still such beauty here. I mean, after mm. the fact, Karis has been gone now for four, almost five years. Five. Five years. Yes. We just celebrated our fifth home home going. And so you <laughs> speak of her, it. right? And in great love and great appreciation for yeah. the path that she forged for many others to follow through. Yes. Um, we ha- we got together uh, for a dinner in honor of Karis, our family. And th- it was a dinner filled with storytelling and laughter about all how silly and fun and feisty Karis was and just some of the um, legacy she she left behind so much joy and happiness of course there were sad times and we deeply grieved her leaving us I bet. but what she's left behind for us is just um, just so many hundreds thousands of memories of joy and and great times even when she was stuck in bed and couldn't couldn't go anywhere and so when you think about all the suffering she went through and you would cry out to God, why God, why? Mm-hmm. Is it enough now to to see on the other side? Oh, I see. And even though she did suffer, there is still great life here. Yes. Yes. I th- I'd say it took me a while to get there. The first couple of years after she died, I'm I sure. really struggled with trying to make sense of it all. But again, Karis's journals were the biggest help to me. She had an absolutely rock-solid belief that God was sovereign over her life and didn't make any mistakes and used everything. And one one of her um, attitudes, I guess you could say, is that every time she was sick, 
she would say, oh, I wonder who God wants me to meet in the hospital this time. <laughs> to God all the glory. Yes. And that's the way she lived her life, always looking out for what God was going to do next. So it was an adventure that just never ended. Well, Deborah, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. We've barely touched the surface of Karis's life, but it's been a, a pleasure for me to sit here with you for a few minutes to share briefly the story of uh, the life of your daughter, Karis. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, John. It's been a privilege to, to share with you. Thank you. Deborah Cornfield, Karis, All I See is Grace, uh, the life and times of Karis Cornfield. We need to take a quick break, but stay with us. Be back in a few minutes. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. John, you've told me that you collected pennies. When I was a a boy, maybe age seven to, I don't know, 
14 or so, mm-hmm. I had a paper route. Okay. And, you know, at the time, all this change would go through your hands. So I started to collect coins. But I really sort of specifically was interested in pennies. And my dad, he was he jumped along uh, with me. And we had these blue books that they used to sell that had you know, the years of the pennies and the different – like the penny that I always desired was the 1909 SVDB. It was a very, very rare penny, a very rare printing from a, a, a mint in Denver. I always wanted that. You know, they, uh, in America, there's a Denver mint and there's a mint in Philadelphia. There for a while was one in San Francisco as well. But the 1909 SVDB was like my prized possession. And at one point, I did hold on to it. Well, happy Lost Penny Day. What do you mean? It's Lost Penny Day. It's the perfect time to go through your sofa, the pockets of your old coats, every other nook and cranny you can think of to look for forgotten coins. Pennies. Uh, when you see a penny today, I kind of feel bad. I Be- know, because nobody cares about it. Well, they're just so th- – there's nothing to them. They feel like a, a, an old plastic bingo chip. Well, listen, a man by the name of Edmund Knowles, who lives in Alabama – It's a good name. – had 38 years' worth of pennies wow. that he had stored in barrels in his garage. Yeah, yeah. Okay? He cashed them in. How much? $13,084.59, all in pennies. He was that guy at the Giant Eagle with that coin machine thing. Listen, he broke the bank. It's the biggest cash coin star's ever seen. Nice. 10% of $13,000. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The drug lord nicknamed El Chapo has been convicted on all 10 counts of a federal indictment in New York. After three months of sometimes lurid testimony that included stories of torture and murder, political payoffs and narrow escapes through tunnels, the jury convicted Joaquin Guzman on drug trafficking charges. U.S. Attorney Richard Donahue says the 61-year-old drug lord is going to a maximum security prison for the rest of his life. It is a sentence from which there is no escape. And no return. El Chapo became famous in part for prison escapes in Mexico. He stared straight-faced at the jury as the verdict was read. His lawyers say he remained upbeat despite the conviction. Sentencing was set for June 25th. Warren Levinson, New York. On Wall Street, a good day as the Dow was up by 372 points. The Nasdaq rose 107. The S&P advanced 35. Oil up 69 cents to 53.10 a barrel. This is SRN News. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. 
Joe Belanti and the team at JD Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri State's premier waterproofing company now at 1 800 Very Dry for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. JD Waterproofing, 1 800 Very Dry. Today, you have more choices than ever when it comes to where you purchase products, but you also have an opportunity to support companies that align with your values. The Original Mattress Factory hand-builds high-quality mattresses right here in your hometown. We believe in doing right by our customers by offering the best mattresses at factory-direct prices every day. So when you shop for a mattress, we hope you'll make the choice to buy with your values. Visit the Original Mattress Factory to see the OMF difference for yourself. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town. Thanks to the caliber of this audience, highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412-937-1500. Flood watch continues until 1 a.m. We'll see more rain tonight that will end as a little snow. Watch for icy spots as we drop to 26 tonight. Little or no snow accumulation. Mustery and colder tomorrow with clouds and a few flurries. The high will be near 30. Bonnie, low 26 tomorrow night. It'll turn noticeably milder Thursday. Clouds breaking for partial sun. The high will be 47. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along. Uh, celebrity has its own weird toxicity, does it not? I mean, they eat their own. Pretty much so. Okay, remember the years ago, whenever Parks and Recreation, the that fabulous absolute show. gem of a TV show, it is wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful in my top program. five all time TV too. shows. Me too. Easily, it is. I mean. It's such a great show. It's it's so funny. It has so much heart. Yeah, it's whimsical. It's c- clean. It's kind of odd. And, well, not kind of. It's very odd and quirky as all get out, right? Um, what's her name? Amy Poehler. Yep. Just fabulous show. Well, one of the characters central early on in the show. And well, at the end of the show. Yeah. Was this guy who lived in a hole. Right. He started out living... What they, they call it the pit? Yeah. I forget what they call yeah, it. The pit. Is it the pit? <laughs> he <lived>. Andy, <laughs> I love myself. So much. He was so. Remember how fat and dumpy he was? He too? was. He was so fat and dumpy. He was so pathetic, wasn't he? <laughs> well, it's the actor Chris Pratt who has since risen to superstar. Right now, he's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and... I mean, it's it's unbelievable to see sort of the uh, progression in him personally and his career. Well, the good news Mouse is Mouse Rat. That's his band, by the way. Over oh, <laughs> Mouse Rat. Not in real life, just in the show. <laughs> but the good news is that Chris Pratt is a believer, and he's a very serious believer from all uh, from all perspectives. He was on Stephen Colbert recently talking about. Um, his life and his career. And, and the Daniel Col- Fast. Right. Uh, here, here's a, a brief clip from a recent episode of Colbert. 
That would be amazing. Now, we, we talked about uh, this before when you're on here, and, and many people who are in the superhero movies, I don't want to say, like, how'd you get in the buff shape and all that kind of stuff. Right. But you've taken it a step further. You've taken it beyond just lifting weights and, like, you know, and lean meats to something called the Daniel Fast. Yes. What is the Daniel Fast? Uh, well, the Dan this is something I did just in Jan this year. I just came off it a couple days ago. It's a 21-day fast. That's kind of, a lot of people are doing it. I, I did it through my church. It's based on Daniel. Uh, the book of Daniel? The book of Daniel. The prophet? The prophet Daniel, Daniel from the book of, yeah, from the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. He was a guy who, uh, you know, only ate fruits and vegetables and grains and didn't have any leavened breads and didn't have any animal products. And so it's, I was inspired by my pastor. We do it. It's kind of like our Lent, you know, give something up. And so for 21 days, I had no meat, no sugar, no alcohol. And it was uh, actually amazing. It was, it was really cool. Yo, yeah, thank you. If you know how much I drink. Okay, so there he gets an applause for, for fasting. Right. <laughs> That's Hollywood. All right, uh, the Daniel Fast. It's been, been around, of course, since for, biblical times. Right. Have you ever fasted? I have fasted, yeah. I've never done the Daniel Fast. Neither have I, right. Yeah. What's the longest you've ever fasted? I mean, uh, 21 days, I've never fasted 21 days. Well, no, but he's not fasting from all food. I mean, obviously, he's no, only no, fasting no. from those things for 21 days. Yeah. Um, Seems like I mean, I've fasted for things from things for a long time, like for Lent, like a particular food or yes. a particular kind of food or something like that. Um, I've, I think the longest I've ever done a complete a fast, fast, a full fast, is maybe two days. Three days. I think I've done three days, yeah. right? But for a lot of people, they find great spiritual strength there. Mm -hmm. Now, it's always, always a little dicey when a Hollywood celebrity goes on, especially a late night show. Now, Stephen Colbert is known as a committed Catholic. Although he is no friend of the president. I mean, that's the entire premise of the show now. He's no friend to a lot of people of faith, yeah, it seems that, like. That is true, right? Yeah. Um, Which is, was surprising to me. After he got a show, I thought, wow, it's not quite how I thought you'd be. Right. But later on, I mean, this, is a, this interview is interesting because two guys clearly of faith who are comfortable speaking about their faith with each other. And um, it first drew my attention because uh, Chris Pratt is sort of fallen into a a Hollywood morass where he's been called out by another actor, uh, Ellen Page. Um, she's been around maybe for a decade or so. I've never heard of her. And um, fine actor, but apparently she's called out Chris Pratt now because Chris Pratt attends what Ellen Page is calling an anti-LGBTQ church. So then Chris Pratt had to respond, on, and it's become one of those classic sort of Hollywood catfights in a way, where someone is just following the Lord, I believe, and having to defend himself against cultural norms, in this case being a bigot because he's attending a mainline church. Right. A church where you can't be a practicing um, gay person and have a position of authority in the church. Right. Which, you know, say what you will. A lot of the churches that, you know, that... That, that's Look, this how is, it that's, is for, that's historic Christian teaching for a couple thousand years. Right. But apparently now it's become a thing. So it'll be interesting to see how Chris Pratt, his position now as a Hollywood power player, has to maybe walk the gauntlet. And I, I hope my hope is that he doesn't start to apologize, that he doesn't sort of roll back and go, Hey, I'm sorry about this, and right. excuse me, and you know I'm going to reevaluate right. where I am in my faith. This walker. is the difficult place that we're all in right. in America today: is that we want to love each other and be tolerant of each other, while 
still maintaining our perspective, our opinion on things and how we think we want to live and how we think um, our families ought to live. And it's getting harder and harder to put that out in a way that's kind and yet also reasonable. I'm into that. It's a very odd time. So let's see how Chris Pratt walks that very tight rope. Stick around. Pastor Chris Marshall's with us in a few minutes. 101.5 WORD. If you hear a lie over and over, you may well start to believe it or at least forget what the truth is. Well, no doubt love is a concept that has been misunderstood like that. Find out the truth about love in one of John MacArthur's most popular studies, The Greatest of These, all this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is Kathy Emmons. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1490. Deadline is March 31st. Call 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit marleyfg.com. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step-by-step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724 now, on a brand new night, it's Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome. The first Wednesday of the month, join Kenny Woods and a live Word FM audience and skate to your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could win a free skate night for your family or youth group. Admission $7. Skate rental just three more. Pastors and youth pastors skate free. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome, beginning Wednesday, March 6th. Groups over 30 must register in advance. Email info at skatenrd.com. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. 
Chris, uh, welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. You've uh, you've traveled the world in the interim. We, we love having you with us. So this is a segment, I should say, that we call Ask the Pastor. And your phone calls, your questions are welcome right now at 800 800- 320-8255. That's 800-320-8255. Or uh, you can reach us by email. Sure. You can find us uh, on, how about online? We can direct message on Twitter. Sure. Or you can uh, send us a message on Facebook also. Um, but we'd love to hear your voice, 800-320-8255, though you can remain anonymous. Right. Now, the questions, generally what happens is th- these are questions that They've been rolling around in your head for some while about a particular Bible passage or a particular faith tradition or a family issue, anything that you would talk to a pastor about, right? But maybe you're a little shy or a little awkward around your pastor or you haven't attended church for a while and you want to talk to a real pastor. We've got one in the flesh and blood sitting across from us right now, Pastor Chris Marshall. So, Chris, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me, John Kathy. So, Chris, is it a frequent thing that people come up to you and say, I know I should have asked this years ago, and I never did. I would say that's not a real frequent thing. Uh, I do have a lot of people just, well, I uh, do a daily blog that's basically a Bible summary. We're doing the Bible through the year at New Life, our own schedule. And for instance, the other day I got a comment question yes. was in the book of Numbers, it says the books of the war of the Lord. What is that? The books of the War of the Lord. Yeah, it's quoted in the book of Numbers. It says you'll find it in the books of the War of the Lord, and then it quotes it. But the books of the War of the Lord, there is no book that's available. It apparently was a thing back in Moses' day, mm-hmm. but it got lost. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing about the Bible is there's 66 books that are officially canonized. Yes. But there were dozens, if not hundreds, of fragments and other books that weren't included. And that mm-hmm. was a process that was... It was a very intentional process, put it that way. I mean, a lot of people wonder about that. How did the Bible come together? You know, and I did was, a bunch yeah. of old white guys just decide <laughs> what to put in it. Well, I don't know if they. I don't bet you they weren't mostly white guys. To no, be honest with you, right. in, in Council of Nicaea was mm-hmm. where. Actually, that isn't where it was decided, but that's where a, a, the list of the 66 that we would consider, that Protestants, I should say, would consider the Bible, were already considered to be recognized at that point. But, you know, there's the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel of Judas, all these books. And um, it's very easy when you read them to see um, the differences. You know, there are some of the, the, the Gnostic Gospels, Jesus does miracles just for his own benefit. Um, uh, and, and one of them, he, when he's a little boy, he makes a bird out of clay and then makes it come to life. Mm. Well, Jesus would never do that. You know, Jesus right. did miracles to help people. Uh, he never did it to, to aggrandize himself or to point attention to himself. Right. So anyway, um, but that was a good question, you know. And, and in fact, when I first got the question, I said, Book of the War of the Lord, what is she talking about? Because I, I work ahead. So I had done it a couple of weeks before, and I, I'd forgotten about it. Then I look back in Numbers 21. I'm pretty sure is where it is. So there are a lot of things. If you read your Bible carefully, you'll come across stuff and go, well, what's that about? What's that about? Because there are books mentioned in, in First and Second Kings, for example, about other books mm-hmm. that aren't any longer available to us. They never, for whatever reason, they got lost and they didn't make it into the canon of the Bible. Our phone lines are open at 800-320-8255. It's our Ask the Pastor segment. Any question you've got, if it's about God, if it's about your church, or maybe you've never even been to a church and you're thinking maybe you might want to go and you need to ask a question about that or a question about some difficulty you're having and family situation and you 
wish you could talk to a pastor, but you don't have one. Nice. 800-320-8255. No, we're doing a little uh, Ed and Wendy King here because someone called and is a little shy and they don't want to appear on the air. So hmm. instead of a voice, we're just going to read a, a question that someone just called in with from a caller about Immaculate Conception. Catholics believe that Mary's birth was miraculously conceived in order to be perfect to give birth to Jesus. What is your take on that? Okay. Um, well, I'm not Catholic, and so that's a, a rather recent development in the Roman Catholic Church, actually. It wasn't, it wasn't developed until within the last hundred or so years. But it's, a, it's, a, it's the logical conclusion that they drew that if Jesus is truly sinless— and obviously the Holy Spirit being the Father, that would be no problem. Mm -hmm. But how could Jesus be sinless if Mary was a human being because she would have original sin? So I understand the theology, the idea behind it, um, but there's nothing in Scripture that says that. Mm -hmm. So um, how Jesus was born sinless without, with a human mother you know, and the Holy Spirit as a dad, I don't know how that works. Um, my theology is not that it's necessary. For it to know, to, you know, I, I mean, to I, I, I don't need to explain it. I don't need to understand. It. I mean, when we get to the point where you're talking about something that happened once in all of history because God wanted to come to Earth as a human being, yes, how He did it, it's really up to Him. And and I think one what we do oftentimes, and and I'm I'm not picking on Roman Catholic theology. I'm picking on all of our theology because we try to explain the unexplainable. Mm -hmm. And at times, we just have to say, we don't know. I mean, that's over the years. I've been on here dozens of times, and people have asked really good questions, and I don't know the answer. And I don't think some cases anybody knows the answer. Um, so I understand the theology of the Immaculate Conception. In fact, I thought when I was a little kid, I mean, I didn't grow up Catholic, but I heard the – there's a lot of churches named the Church of the Immaculate Conception. Right. I thought they were talking about Jesus, you know, but they weren't talking about Jesus. They were talking about Mary. Um, and, and then I thought, oh, okay, I see why they would think that. But I don't – what I do is I read out of the Bible what's in there, and, and I don't see anywhere in the Bible that it says that. Just like, well, there are a lot of different theologies that people want the, to be in the Bible, and you can read into it. That's called eisegesis, reading into the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, what's not there, um, what we want to be there. And then there's exegesis, reading out what is there. And a lot of times what we can read out of a text – does, I mean, what do we know about Jesus' birth? Literally, what do we know from the Bible? Well, we know from the Gospel of Mark, I mean, sorry, Matthew and Luke, which are the only two that even talk about his birth. Mark doesn't talk about his birth. John doesn't talk about his birth. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that Mary was a virgin. I mean, that's a very, very clear statement mm -hmm. in yes. um, the Gospels. And Joseph didn't buy it at first. That's why Matthew had to say, you know, an angel had to appear right. to Joseph for him to believe it, the, the account. Um, Luke's account is much more extensive in the visitation of both um, Zechariah whenever John the Baptist was going to be born and then Mary whenever Jesus was going to be born. But all Matthew really tells us is she was pregnant. When she was a virgin and Joseph was going to divorce her because, I mean, if, you're, if your fiancé says, I'm pregnant and uh, the God is the father, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. But then an angel confirmed it, so he went along with it. And uh, that makes sense to me. If an angel – it would have taken an angel for me. If I were in Joseph's position, that would have been what would have, it would have taken, you know. But that's all we really know about Jesus' birth. And uh, apparently, if God wanted us to know more, 
there would have been more included in one of the Gospels because that's where we'd find it. But man always tries to fill in the gaps, Mm -hmm. which is where we run into trouble. Right. 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 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us, New Life Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and speak with Mary. Mary, you're on the air with Chris. What's your question, please? Hi, Pastor Marshall. I have a question. Um, In the book of Romans, in the first chapter of Romans, it talks about the last days and how, you know, the love of of many will grow cold and Mm -hmm. people will be God-haters and, you know, selfish. So if we're living in the last days, how are we to pray for God's will? I've I've been praying for years for revival, Mm -hmm. um, not only in my own town, but in my state and in the nation. But if we are living in the last days and this is supposed to come to pass, I don't want to pray against God's will. Right. Okay, Mary, I I think I have something something that can be really helpful uh, because this is the way I pray. I I mean, obviously, we're in the last days because on the day of Pentecost, Peter said that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out in the last days. So that was the beginning of the last days. We know we're in the last days, but there are some who are trying to figure out when is the exact last day. When is Jesus coming back? But what Jesus said... Whenever it comes to how do we pray, Jesus said, it's not the will of my Father in heaven that even one of these little ones should perish. What I pray for every day is that all the folks who are still out there who are lost, who don't know Jesus, that they will come to salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Peter said, whenever everybody expected Jesus to be coming back very soon, Peter said, the Lord is not slow, as some count slowness, but he's being patient. So I pray for God to be patient. Please keep being patient, because there are four points something billion people on the planet who either haven't heard or haven't responded to the gospel, that's a conservative estimate. It's probably more than that. And so I think a faithful Christian can pray, Lord, be patient. Lord, bring the full number. You know, you know. Jesus said in Matthew 10 uh, to the disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest to send workers out in the harvest. So I pray every day, God send out workers. But then the thing that, um, well, actually it was the end of chapter 9 that he said that in the beginning of 10, he sent out the 12. So what I do is when I pray is I say, God, I know that you told us to pray for workers, and I also know that the guys that were praying got sent out. So send me out. Um, you know, use me. So I think those are all prayers that in the end times, the last days, a faithful believer can pray because we know God wants he wants the, everybody to be saved. Um, he wants us to um, work, go out into the harvest field, because the fields have been ripe for 2,000 years, so we can pray that faithfully. And certainly, I believe it's okay to pray for him to be patient, because Peter said he was being patient. So we're just asking him to keep doing what he's doing. I, I know a lot of people who say, all my family's saved, so I hope Jesus comes back. And I'm one of the few pastors you'll probably talk to that says, I'm not really, you know, I don't really pray for that on a daily basis. I pray for him to keep being patient. Mary, thanks for the phone call. Deeply appreciated. 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Pastor Chris Marshall with us from New Life Christian Ministries, a segment we call Ask the Pastor. You've got a question about faith, family, the Bible, whatnot. Give Pastor Chris a call right now. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Anonymous. Hi, Anonymous. Uh, you're live on the air with Pastor Chris. Your question, please. Um, yes, uh, Chris, can, can you tell me about somebody who doesn't repent um, yet still professes a faith in Christ? 
Wow. <laughs> I guess we have a lot of scriptures we could quote there. Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who um, do the will of my Father in heaven. There's always been the debate, um, and there always will be a debate. How do we know if somebody is truly a believer? I mean, because the person's not a believer who is a believer in word only. I mean, James, actually, the epistle of James is probably the uh, example. Uh, James said, faith without works is dead. And he isn't saying that works save us, but he's saying that a saving faith will demonstrate works. And so if there's an unrepentant spirit, that certainly isn't the spirit of God. Um, every one, and, and um, John, in First John 1, 8 and 9, he said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, which confesses the first part, and then obviously repent, God is just and faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The one thing that's very challenging for us, though, is we don't get to be the judge. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a very hard thing. There's one thing that I, I believe very fervently— we all, as followers of Jesus, have a responsibility to correct each other and encourage each other and challenge each other, but we don't have a right to judge each other. Um, and, and so if you see somebody who's non-repentant and it's a person that you're in close association with, obviously, first thing, pray for them. The second thing is, in a spirit of love, it, it's it's a very hard but necessary thing to confront in love, in, but the truth needs to be held together. I I know John and Kathy will remember this, but I often say, you know, truth without love is easy. Love without truth is easy. Either of those extremes. If we don't care about love, then we can speak the truth and be very judgmental, um, self-righteous. But if we have love without any truth, that's not the gospel. Um, and so we have to hold those in attention, and it's it's messy. It's never an easy thing um, when believers get together because we're all um, we're sanctified sinners. We're still sinners. We still have the flesh. Uh, my favorite passage of scripture to tell about that is Galatians five seventeen and following, where Paul says the spirit and the flesh are at war, and that's why we don't always do what we want. You know, but if we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. So I, I know I said a lot, uh, but if, if you distill it all down, if we don't hold each other accountable, and I think that's one of the big issues. I mean, John and Kathy were talking in the first hour about the Southern Baptist problem with the sexual yeah. abuse, the Roman Catholic. It's a human problem. It's not, it's, not a, any, denomination. it's not any denomination. The sin nature is still inside of us, and the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and we have to let the Holy Spirit work in order to be, be able to overcome those base um, emotions and actions that are in our lives. And, and if we don't help each other, it, it, th- that's what we get. We, we get a continuing problem that never will go away until we'll hold each other accountable. Excellent. Thank you so much, Chris. We need to take a, just a quick break to step away. Uh, phone lines are uh, heated up here at 800-320-8255, a segment that we call Ask the Pastor with Pastor Chris Marshall. He'll stay with us till the top of the 6 o'clock hour, so your phone calls are welcome. Back in just a few minutes. I love you, a bushel and a peck. 
A bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse to see what you're planning for the love of your life besides a hug around the neck. Well, we've got something fun planned for Valentine's Day. Let me tell you about it. We'll turn down the lights, light the candles, bring out the china, and serve you the yummiest, home-cooked, farm-fresh, four-course meal you ever tasted. Wedding soup, reunion salad, grilled marinated flank steak, Mediterranean stuffed chicken breasts, pearls, potatoes, and your choice of homemade Springhouse cheesecake or pie for dessert. Or when I can't forget, coffee and pink lemonade. Our talented piano player will be on board to serenade you too. So call to reserve your spot or just come on out to the farm for a Valentine's Sweetheart Dinner at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Reserve your Sweetheart Dinner date for Valentine's Day, 5 to 8.30 PM, Thursday, February 14th at 724-228-3339 or at springhousemarket.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at www.textrules.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. There's a mute button on your cell and one on your TV remote. Don't you wish there was one on your partner's snoring too? Thankfully, now there is. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device that increases airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. You'll get more air through your nose so you'll breathe less through your mouth, which is often the cause of snoring. And thanks to Mute, less snoring means more sleep for me. Hit the mute button on your partner's snoring. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To get a valuable coupon, text the word MUTE to 246810. Text M-U-T-E to 246810. For more information, go to MUTESnoring.com. MUTE. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Go to JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com for half-price deals. Now offering deals from nine Auntie Anne's Pretzels locations, Taipei Chinese Food in Fox Chapel, and the Fairfield Inn and Suites by Marriott near the airport. Get these half-price deals and more at JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Flood watch continues until 1 a.m. We'll see more rain tonight that will end as a little snow. Watch for icy spots as we drop to 26 tonight. Little or no snow accumulation. Mustery and colder tomorrow with clouds and a few flurries. The high will be near 30. Bounty low 26 tomorrow night. It'll turn noticeably milder Thursday. Clouds breaking for partial sun. The high will be 47. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Don't ask me. Don't ask Kath. Ask the pastor. <laughs> pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Your questions are welcome at 800-320-8255. We've got a real-life flesh-and-blood pastor in studio with us today. So if you've been shy or awkward or just, you know, putting off a question that's been running around in your in your head for a while, now's your opportunity to speak to Pastor Chris. Let's go to the phones and speak with David. Hey, David, you're live with us. What is your question, please? 
Um, my question pertains to a passage in Matthew where Jesus says, uh, as Jonah was three days and three nights mm. in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Mm-hmm. I, I have trouble with that math uh-huh. because we have Good Friday and we have Jesus' resurrection on Sunday, and the math doesn't work out for me. There's there's two thoughts on that. It's George, is that right? Uh, it's David. David, I'm sorry, David. There's there's two thoughts on that. The one thought is that in the Jewish way of reckoning days, in those days, any portion of a day was considered to be a day. So Friday's one day, Saturday's one day, Sunday's one day. The other, uh, those who agree with what you just said, uh, assume that Jesus actually wasn't crucified on Friday, but on Thursday. Hmm. Um, there are those who think that the Passover timing was such that he was actually crucified on Thursday rather than on Friday. Um, it, it, I, I, I j- sort of think because of the gospel record that he was crucified on Friday, and they were going with the Jewish math of the day, um, which was that any portion of a day is a day. I understand 100% what you're saying, that it isn't three 24-hour time periods before he comes back to the earth. Earth. There's definitely not three nights there. No, there is not. There, there are not. I should. You're exactly right. So that's what um, you know. Some biblical scholars have said that you know because of that, the the crucifixion actually took place on Thursday, and so he was in the grave Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, which would be three days and three nights. Very so, nice. Okay, David, thanks for that. It's a, it's a good question. 800-320-8255. Let's go and speak with Kathy. Hey, Kath, uh, you're live with us today. What's your question, please, for Hi. Pastor Chris? Hi. Yes, Pastor Chris. I just want to know why babies and animals must suffer. Hmm. I know we have a free will, but those did not do nothing in their life that's wrong. Right. But they still have to suffer. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I, I mean, I mean, from a just God. yeah, from just from a purely human standpoint, I don't get it either. All, all I know, um, because my wife and I, you know, we we wanted to have a baby uh, when we were married, and we could not have children for uh, about nine years, and then Nancy got pregnant, and she had a miscarriage before the baby was born. So that was the hardest thing I ever had to deal with uh, as a human being, uh, and and you know. We were so thrilled God answered our prayer, it seemed like, you know, I mean, a long-standing prayer. And then before we ever really got to have the answer to the prayer, it was gone, you know. And so so it, it's not a question that I haven't struggled with myself. But what I what I believe and what I see in Scripture is that when human beings turned against God, we unleashed sin. And sin has consequences on everybody. Innocent bystanders get taken away along with, you know, those who are wicked. And the best example we see of that is like if a person, you know, gets drunk, gets in a car, drives down the road and, you know, goes across the road and kills five innocent people in a car and they don't even die, you know. And we go, well, how's that fair? It's not fair. There's nothing about sin that's fair. Um, What God has done 
in his grace is to make it possible for redemption to come out of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing that, you know, and I, I totally understand people who are angry at God. I mean, I've been angry at God when my mother died at the age of 67, right when I was getting ready to move back to Pennsylvania after being away from the state for nine years. And, and we just had our, our first baby and my mother was so excited and she was, she had a stroke and she was gone. And I'm 60, almost two now. So 67 is seeming younger and younger, you know? Um, and it wasn't even the, the three score and 10 that Jesus, or that God promises in the in the psalm. So so I think if if we're honest, all of us have questions about why does this happen? Why do innocent people suffer? And and at the end of the day, um babies, you're right. They are they haven't done anything. Um most of the people beyond, you know, age of I, I would actually say about two is when our children started um, demonstrating sin in their lives. Um, you know, like, no, mine, all that kind of stuff. And, and you see that willfulness coming out. But, at, you know, certainly from the age of 12, 15, 20, you can't say there's anybody who's innocent. There's awfully good people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Andy Stanley wrote a book a long time ago called How Good is Good Enough? And the answer is none of us are good enough. No. And so the the grace of God is poured out on us all for, um, you know, he, he redeems us from our sin, but the innocent baby, the baby that's unborn, you know, and that's a whole area where we could go, you know, think of the millions and millions of babies who, who have not had the chance to be born. They didn't do anything. Um, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm not pointing an accusing finger. I'm saying that there are many things that happen in the world that aren't fair. They aren't right. And, and they all trace back to the root, which is human sin, not God's failure of design. And, um, and, I, and I say that in all humility because I would, I would like to change a whole bunch of things that I've personally gone through in my life that didn't seem to be any fault of mine or, or the people involved. Um, and yet they, they, we experience them. And Paul put something together when he said, in all things, Mm -hmm. God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Even in an innocent innocent baby's death, that's not a good thing. And and Paul didn't say that's a good thing. But what he said is God can work good out of that. And and I've seen that happen. And every horrendous thing I've ever seen happen, God somehow can redeem that and work good out of it when we are looking for that and, and willing to participate in that. Thanks an awful lot. That's a great question. Thanks an awful lot. Uh, 800-320-8255. We need to step away for just a few minutes. Stay with us. Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Ask the pastor. You got a question? Pastor Chris may have an answer. 101.5 WORD. Be sure to listen when Chuck Swindoll presents the classic series called The Grace Awakening. If you really capture the message of grace, you'll be free. You'll really be free. Free of what other people may say or think. Free of worry over the details and tiny little non-essentials of life. Begin your grace awakening with Chuck Swindoll on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep. The kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need 
succeed in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two Go Anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We tried to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we tried to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412 937 1500. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Ask the pastor if you got a question about theology, the Bible, family. Pastor Chris, give him a call and uh, he'll have a go at it. Let's go back to the phones and speak with uh, Daniel. Hey, Daniel, you're live on the air. Uh, tell us your question, please. Oh, okay. Um, when I started listening, I wasn't sure um, if you folks were talking about uh, where the term mother of God came did you say that, or am I hallucinating or something? Uh, we were talking, Pastor Chris was talking about the Immaculate Conception. Okay. And did that come up, the term yeah, he was talking Yeah, he was talking about the Mother of God and the Father of God, because the question was that Catholics look at the Immaculate Conception as being uh, uh, applying to Mary. Right, right, right. Well, I grew up Eastern Orthodox, mm-hmm. and, um, and um, uh, sir, if you're listening, um, you said you tried for what, nine years to have a kid or something? Right, right. Uh huh. Okay. Well, uh, I have a much older sister. She's about 10 years older. I was born when my dad was 59, <laughs> and my mother was 45. Wow. Wow. And so, yeah. And then, now think about this, and I hope the ladies listening, 
who asked in a very uh, broken voice, why uh, do kids and animals suffer? Mm -hmm. Well, my dad died when I was 11 months old, and my mm -hmm. mother blamed me for his dying. Oh, my I goodness. I mean, it was like a movie. Yeah. yeah. So I hope she understands that. It's because of original sin. Right. And then I followed my mother into addiction as a teenager and watched, never heard a sermon. And unfortunately, it's changed very little in the Orthodox Church, where I ended up after I was born again in my bedroom watching Rex Humbard, if you ever heard of him. Oh, yeah, sure. Him. Okay, good. I don't know how old you were. So. I'm pretty old. And, <laughs> oh, you are. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm almost 62. <laughs> oh, are you? Man, you sound so young. Good for you. Well, thank you. And, uh, and anyway, no sermon and everything, uh, which you probably know in the Orthodox Church, is in the vernacular of the church. Mine was Serbian. My dad was from Yugoslavia, the West Coast, but my mother was born here and pure Serbian. And um, as soon as I turned the TV on one Sunday morning, uh, Rex Humbard said in perfect English, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's like, what? Amen. You know, never a sermon, everything, another language. <laughs> so, uh, but my question concerning Mother of God, anyway, uh, I, and then he said, let me put this on this part of my testimony. You watching by TV, you can pray for us as we're praying for people in the church. I fell to my knees, and I, it was the end of the program, and I sobbed for 20 minutes. And when I got up off my knees, it was like, well, whatever that was. And, uh, and next morning I woke up. Uh, I wasn't addicted anymore, Praise and God. I was totally free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I ended up in Belgrade in seminary in the Orthodox Church because that's the only thing I knew. Huh. Wow. But what I was going to say— uh, you know, I've come across so many evangelicals, and I came home to be ordained in the 70s, and I met Dr. Michael Scanlon from Duquesne in a whole charismatic gig, which was great. And I never got ordained because I couldn't get into, talking about Mother of God and Catholics, I couldn't get into, quote, praying to dead people, unquote, a.k.a. saints. And um, I got maligned by my people who supposedly love me and stuff like that. But I just couldn't do it. The more I read the Bible, but what really got me, the more I read the church fathers, they never talked about praying to saints. They never talked about praying to Mary. So my question was, from talking with evangelicals, it seems like they hardly ever studied the early church. Did you when you were in school? Well, you have to realize I'm not the typical non-denominational church pastor. I had a three-year MDiv at Princeton Seminary, and then I had a doctorate at Pittsburgh oh, Seminary. Lord. So I've studied that all of the stuff you're talking about. I have studied it, okay. um, and and I'm I'm not saying that in a in a way like okay Bullshit. everybody should. I'm I'm just saying I'm glad I did. I, I'm glad I yeah, know the oh, church yeah. fathers. I'm glad I know that history. And I mean, Good. and and Great. I mean, Augustine. <laughs> obviously had a conversion experience, you know. I, I mean, there are so many people um, that have that. So the bottom line, what, what you're talking about, Theotokos, Mother of God, that's the main focus of the Eastern Church. Jesus on the cross is the main focus of the Roman Catholic Church. And in most times in, a, in American Protestantism, it's the Jesus on the empty, or the no Jesus on the cross, empty cross. But the early church, I would contend, the symbol of the early church was the empty tomb. The empty tomb is what transformed the world because when Jesus wasn't there and he showed up alive, those 11 men who were left after Judas hanged himself, they went from being cowards and deniers and, 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 and you know, just like lost sheep running away, like Jesus said, without a shepherd. They became a force that transformed the world in 300 years. 
and and it was the power of the living God through the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent to the church. And, you know, that is the church. That's what came – the Roman Catholic came out of that. The Greek Orthodox came out of that. The, the All of the different versions of Protestantism came out of that. And unless we go back to that, um, there's no power. What's the power point? of God is in Jesus Christ. And, I mean, he is the – God is the creator. Jesus is the redeemer. And the Holy Spirit sustains us and empowers us. And when we get that right – then we are truly the church. And that's why I don't disparage any branch of the church. I do believe, um, as I put it, it, it some put, put it on, the cookies on the lower shelf and some put them on the higher shelf, but it's always there. You know, we can find it. Uh, I just, my, my goal is not to make people have to search so hard for it. Excellent. That's a great phone call. Thanks an awful lot, Daniel. We've got time for just a, a few more um a few more phone calls, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, 800-320-8255. How about uh, Denise? Denise, you're live on the air with us. Uh, your question, please, for Pastor Chris. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, my question is, I do understand that we as Christians are not exempt from the heartaches and pains mm. of this world. But um, some of the scripture, scriptures that I read, you know, they talked about no harm will befall us or, you know, 10,000 fighting on one side, but no harm will come to you. There's, there's different scriptures that seems like it's saying that we will not have harm. And so, but I know that's not the case, so I don't understand those scriptures. Well, you know, the, the thing about all scripture is true. There's no doubt that all scripture is true. Um, and most of those scriptures you just quoted are in the Old Testament. And I'm not saying that the Old Testament is gone and the New Testament is different. But one thing that Jesus said that is very different than what you see in the tone of the Old Testament, Jesus told the, the, the disciples, in this world you will have suffering. He told them, when you go out and testify to me, you're going to be persecuted. He told them up front that it wasn't going to be, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. Um, and he told Peter, uh, whenever he reinstated Peter at the end of the Gospel of John, he said, basically, you're going to die for me. Um, and Peter's answer was, well, what about John? You know, and, and Jesus said, don't you worry about John. Worry about yourself. Do you know, you be faithful. And, and so what we see is. The Apostle Paul, you know, he talks about how he was, you know, beaten and shipwrecked and all the different things that he faced. Um, and, and he said despaired even of life. But he knew that at the end of the day that the reward, the ultimate reward, isn't here. This and, and I don't want to say we just were waiting for Jesus to come back so we can all go to heaven because that Jesus said, I came to give you life in all of its abundance. So there is that message of abundant and full life right here on earth. At the same time, Jesus made it very clear that his followers would suffer, would struggle and die. Um, so the, the promises of the Old Testament are, are valid promises, but Jesus made it very clear that in the new covenant era, it was going to be somewhat different. Very nice. Thanks, Denise, for that phone call. We've got uh, time running out quickly. Maybe time for just one more quick phone call. Uh, Cindy, you are live with Pastor Chris. Your question, please. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I really love my family and I love my children, and so I would do anything to protect my children. And I guess I one of my questions for you and for Jesus is that why doesn't he wipe out Satan? Like, if, if I had the ability to wipe out something that would hurt my own children mm-hmm. 
And my love isn't even as great as God's love for us. I just don't understand that. Like, because he, ha- I would think he would have the power to wipe them out right now well, in the old time. Right. I, I, I understand the question, and he de- definitely has the power. In fact, what the scripture teaches us that the power of Satan was broken when Jesus was crucified. It's not ended. You know, I, I I say many times to our church family at New Life, the devil is a loser, but he's not a quitter. And I don't know that the reason for the timing, and actually Jesus told us he didn't know the reason for the timing. His father only knew the timing when he'd come back. You can look that up in the book of Acts chapter 1 because the disciples were all about, now that you rose from the dead, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time? And Jesus said, I don't know. That's really not your problem. Your challenge is to go into all the world, and you know, starting where you are in Jerusalem, going to all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And basically be faithful till I come back. Why the timing? I think, I personally think it's because God wants to be patient and let the full number of the lost ones to be found. In the meantime, that's allowing Satan to continue to do some work, um, which uh, my my understanding is we have authority over Satan. Uh, we do. Um, and so we, we need to probably be better at taking our authority uh, and not just not just sit back and let him... Let him work. Very nice. A lot of good phone calls. People are still on the lines. Thanks an awful lot. Pastor Chris Marshall from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've got just a smidge more, so stay with us on the ride home. Message and data rates may apply. Texting and rolls for recurring text messages. Rick and Robin got Z quiet for snoring. Listen to their story. Rick is really good at snoring. Very good. As soon as he hits the pillow, it's like... That's what it sounds like. One of the first nights that Rick's used the Z Quiet, my son said the next day, Dad, I didn't even hear you in my room. And with the Z Quiet, I'm not being kicked and nudged and bumped and, <laughs> you know, told to be quiet and roll over. Before the Z Quiet, not getting a restful night's sleep was pretty common for both of us. Waking up the next day, you're groggy, you're tired, you're grumpy. And with Z Quiet, it's the total opposite. It's been great. Getting a restful night's sleep is great. Z Quiet works for both men and women. Text SLEEP to 246810 or go to getzquiet.com. Try it risk free for 30 days for just $9.95. Text SLEEP to 246810 or go to getzquiet.com. Right now, there's a child living in extreme poverty with no future and no hope. But you can bring hope when you become a Compassion International sponsor. Just text the word CHILD to 83393 and sponsor a child right now. Ask the pastor, Pastor Chris Marshall. When I was an undergraduate at Pitt, I had a wonderful professor who uh, was not a believer in Jesus, but studied um, the New Testament as a job. Mm -hmm. She was a New Testament professor, but without personal belief. And I remember her saying at one point, she said, I have never been able to explain how Christianity went from being nothing to being a world power. And she said, and the only thing that I can point to is the resurrection, except I know that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing that you could point to is the resurrection. But here's the thing. I appreciated the fact that she was honest about it. She said, I cannot come up with an explanation explanation. Mm -hmm. for how this went from nothing 
to what it is. Mm, that's academia. Ex- right. How do you teach that for a living and still not get it? Well, yeah, maybe it's she... basically what, what she said was the facts demonstrate that yes. the resurrection happened, right. but I don't believe in it right. because I have a philosophical viewpoint that says miracles like that don't happen. It's it's crazy, but that's what we that's what we that's the world we live but, in. But it's also the power of God mm-hmm. that we see through the eyes of faith. Right, and not everything can be boiled down to facts and figures oh, no. and analysis, though those are all important. And his and her historical perspective was unmatched in mm-hmm. the professors that I had. I very much valued that. Mm-hmm. But what the Spirit of God has done in bringing all of those who He's loved to Himself, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. is something that none of us could ever imagine. Very good. Hey, Pastor Chris, uh, before you leave us, it's always just a great pleasure to, to sit here with you and hear your knowledge just pour out. It's just obviously you spent a m- many decades studying God's Word, so we are grateful for your time oh, here with you. us. Thank you. Talk to us about New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg. Well, things are going great. We have worship every weekend at 6.30 on Saturday night, Sunday 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30 in the morning. We're in a series on parables right now, parables of Jesus. We'd love to have you come out and join us. You can go online, newlifexn.org. Um, all the previous messages are there. The youth ministries tonight from 630 to 830, um, middle school to high school. A lot of stuff's going on. God is really working hard in Saxonburg as he is everywhere else. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.